Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, joined by Noah Russo. How you doing this week, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Do, doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, you know, kind of quiet summer. Little break here in between the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals. So hanging out, watching lots of the Euros games. Uh, so yeah, I yeah, can't complain. Can't complain. Weather's been nice, so. Yeah, um, slowly but surely the tournament is dwindling down teams, so that's that's exciting. Yeah, final two, final two. We'll, we'll get into the final in a bit. Oh, I was we, talking about the Euros. Oh, the Euros. Yeah, the Euros. Yeah, sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like the, the games today were fantastic. Czechs upsetting the Netherlands. Absolute soccer powerhouse. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I actually you – know, I bet last night on the Czech Republic. I bet uh, – Did you actually? yeah. Because as I've maintained all tournament long, the Dutch are the biggest pretenders in this tournament, or they would be if the Spanish weren't also there. <laughs> so, Who's Spain playing in the round of sixteen? I don't know. They, that team can't finish. Yeah. No finishing. But yeah, it's been it's been good. Yeah, it's been it's been a good time, and yeah, we got the finals coming up, so it'll be it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, but yeah, we got a, we got lots to talk about this week. Surprisingly, we got uh, some kind of stories in the news. And the first one, uh, the kind of big story this week, which I think dropped last week, uh, but it goes back to the 2010 Chicago Blackhawks team and an alleged sexual assault by a team staff member on two of the players. Obviously, put names of the players uh, not public, uh, as it should be. Um what are your thoughts on just this entire story? A really, really bad one, that's for sure. I mean... It's not great. It's not great. It's... It's... You kind of, like... This is the... Like, you wish that these, like, things never happen. Especially not in your sport. And, you know, it was kind of like... Before it was announced, I like had a much more innocent view of hockey culture. Like I know hockey culture is all kind of all kinds of toxic, but I really didn't think it was like to that extent. And to, to hear that this happened so long ago and that it's only now resurfacing is kind of terrifying. It just makes you wonder about all the other things that have probably gone down and just never been reported on. Yeah, it's one of those things. There's been like similar types of stories in other sports and in hockey, but in more and so in minor hockey. But for something like this to happen to one of the most valuable franchises in the NHL, not, no one knows anything for 
you know, a decade story comes out like a week ago and initially gained like almost no traction. Like his story comes out during the Stanley cup playoffs and it just seemed like it, it came out. And to me, I was like, wow, that's, that's a big, that that's insane. And then just kind of nothing happened there for a few days. And then slowly kind of more stuff has been, has been coming out and it is not good. None of it is good at all. No. And I mean, especially for a team that was having so much success at the time, it it kind of puts a damper on the entire like situation. And the, the conversation has always been, was that Chicago Blackhawks team dynasty? Because they did win three cups in six years. Like that's oh well yeah, well just a for, dominant team in that for, that era. You know, for for this era of hockey, I mean that's pretty impressive. I mean, we we, we did have Pittsburgh going back to back and now Tampa Bay with a chance to do the same. But it's really not as, as common as it used to be. And to see a team that successful have that big of a problem internally yeah. is scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. And to me, the, the big thing is like the whole, I think, you know, everyone can unanimously agree how poorly it was handled both by the Blackhawks and the league then and now still currently not holding a formal investigation. I, they're not talking. They're not doing anything. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's stuff's coming out and people are saying, you know, because like, again, and for us, like Joel Quenville is the coach at the time, the current coach of the Florida Panthers. He's the yeah. coach there in Chicago. You would almost like nothing's been said, but you'd have to be pretty naive to think that you, Joel Quenville didn't know anything. Right. Yeah. During right. his press conference today, Bergevin, who is who, player personnel, player personnel, like director, director player, of player personnel, personnel. something. Um, I mean, he, he said he didn't know about it. Which, Which I don't think his position at the time was that important so that he should know about that. But at the same time, it feels like everyone knew. It feels like, yeah, it's, yeah, it seems like everyone in that organization knew. Like, I don't think, you know, something like that doesn't just happen without people finding out. Yeah. And it's, it makes you think of what's going to happen with, with this leadership group in Chicago because I mean, Stan Bowman, for the most part, has been an excellent GM for them. Yeah. Aside from, I mean, there were definitely a few trades that didn't quite work out, but... He won them three Stanley Cups. Which is good enough. <laughs> um, yeah. But- it makes you wonder that a guy that successful is like... I mean, I would at least hope that his job is in jeopardy right now. It's hard for me to imagine him staying in Chicago I mean, after that. You look at what others have done, and I mentioned this off air right before, and with the whole Mike Babcock situation in Toronto, it didn't take much. No, and that's and not, and it's not even on the same level as this. That that that's what I'm saying is like there. That was way like so much smaller than what we have in front of us now that, I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which he keeps his job. Right. Yeah, it, it really is. I'm like, oh, like, it's not, you know, he's not the abuser in that situation situation, 
but your knowledge of it in an action is i i just thought of the like maybe not perfect but a really really good comparison would be the whole joe paterno situation at penn state yeah where it's like wasn't joe paterno but joe paterno he knew about it and didn't do anything and that is also not good so and like the worst part to me like it, it, it's all bad. It's a terrible story, right? There's <laughs> nothing good about it. But the worst part for me is the fact that he got a letter of recommendation from the Blackhawks and then got future jobs around college-age kids and around minor hockey players. That, to me, is terrifying. Before he worked for the Blackhawks, he got in trouble for something, right? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I remember reading that, that he was, he was in trouble before he worked for the Blackhawks or something. Well, there, like, because he, he did, there wasn't, there was an incident after the Blackhawks, right? With a 17 year old. Player. Maybe I'm thinking about that. So that's that after. Incident. That That's after. That's after the Blackhawks. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. So, but for the Blackhawks, like, first of all, you, like, you handled it poorly, right? They let him, they obviously fired him, right? But I mean, you have allowed him to go out and get future jobs to put future people in danger. Given- that's just. Given how the article on TSN that I read, it doesn't really sound like they fired him. It sounds like they they got rid of him, but felt no remorse about the situation and actually tried to help him. Well, you don't write oh, you don't I, get, you don't give a letter of recommendation. Yeah, to me that's like, yeah, technically I guess he's fired, but at the same time, it's like, uh. Yeah. He's just they invited him to pursue outside opportunities. Yeah, which is just not okay. And like and you're the pe- like the players on the Blackhawks that were abused. Like I'm, I'm think about it like this, like all your Stanley Cup pictures, he's in them. Your name's on the Stanley Cup next to his. Like the best moment of your life. Yep. And the and he's right there. It's ridiculous. It, it, it kind of baffles me that we didn't have a whistleblower situation or anything. Yeah, it, it baffles just, me. Given, given the, the severity of the situation. Given the severity, it, yeah, it, it, that, that shocks me. It shocks me that it took this long for it to become public knowledge. And it shocks me that the league is still not doing anything about it. The league isn't doing any, anything about it. Even more disgustingly is the Blackhawks have done nothing about it. No, nothing. And it's just, it is ridiculous. Like, this is one of the most valuable franchises in your league. It is a billion dollar franchise. Like, it's not even just a sports story, it's just a general news story. Like, that is a significant thing to happen to a very significant franchise. Yeah. And I think the NHL and the Blackhawks have to conduct an investigation. I, the fact that that hasn't happened yet is kind of ridiculous i mean it's a civil lawsuit it's not a criminal lawsuit yeah so yeah i mean do you know if i i I don't know if i read this do you know if the players are suing only are they suing the blackhawks um i i actually am not 100 sure but it is only one of the players okay I'm sure on that. Yeah, and I think the other player is kind of like a, a witness or whatever. Well, the other player was also abused, but they're not part of the suit. It's just the one no. player who, along with the teammate. Okay. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Hopefully, like, we'll, we'll find, you know, 
there'll be more action here coming up. Uh, you know, because something does need to happen, I think. Yeah, and you want to make sure that this becomes a, an incident that you can learn from. That a year or two from now, you can look at that and say, well, that's what's happening is not okay. But especially I have to speak up about it. Well, yeah. And just, but like, just by the way it's being handled right now, do you have any confidence that if something like this happened right now, again, that it would be handled properly? No No, fucking chance. None. I'm not even convinced. I'm not even convinced Stan Bowman's going to get in trouble for it. I'm like, that's how little faith I have in this entire process. Yeah. It's just, it's a a super disheartening story. And like, you hope the right thing happens, but you kind of don't, but you're not expecting it. And you know, for a fact, unequivocally that this is true. This isn't like somebody's just disgruntled and they're complaining. No, I haven't heard heard a single person say this didn't happen. This is made up. It has just been like, this is how it happened. You know, 11 years ago, was handled is, poorly, is still being handled poorly. What do you want us to do? And it's like, do something. There is zero, there is zero doubt whatsoever that this happened. There's zero doubt that it happened. It doesn't seem like there's any remorse from the team or the league. And yeah, it was just, it's all around shocking. I hope something happens, but. There, there is definitely no remorse. I mean, from what I can tell from the team. Yeah. But the league, well, it's like. You're in a kind of a tougher position if you're the league, but I, I, I really don't know why it's taking so long for them to, to say something. I do know there are some legal, like, implications. Yeah, I really like, don't. If I don't the Blackhawks th- are, getting, are the ones getting sued, I think you're legally, you're, it's kind of a gray area to what you can and cannot say. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you can conduct – an investigation by an independent investigative firm especially if you're the nhl it's to your advantage yes because the blackhawks brand is part of your brand you absolutely because the the blackhawks already know that it happened yes the nhl also knows but doesn't have that proof yeah well it's one of and i think one of the things that really exemplifies too is like you talk about the hockey industry and the people who work for for these teams coaches staff whatever and how interconnected the like the the industry is, right? Like so, like you talk about just current like people who are with the franchise back then, who are with other teams right now. Bergevin, Chevaldeo, uh obviously down in Florida, Joel Quenville. Like the hockey industry is so well connected that you would have a hard time believing. Like, there's a lot of people I think who knew about this, right? Like, it just seems like everyone knew and just nobody said anything. Which is incredibly, it's just brutal. It's disheartening. It it really is. But uh, I think we'll leave it at that, though. We'll just, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it on the next episode, if anything, if there's anything more we learn. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we only have some, some like good news and some proactiveness on the side of the, the league and the team. But I mean, I hope so. I'm not, as we said, I'm 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 not. I know I'm not holding my, sorry. Yeah, exactly. I'm not holding my breath about it. That's for sure. Yeah. But we will see. Uh, But we'll we'll move on. We'll talk about uh, some other stuff going on around the league. Um, The Seattle Kraken. 
expansion draft obviously coming up and they announced their first head coach in franchise history is Dave Haxtell, the former head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. Didn't go great. Uh, then went on to coach uh, as an assistant coach with the Toronto Maple Leafs. First round exit. What are your thoughts on the hire? Interesting. Not who I would that's a, that's a, that's, I think that's a nice way to put it. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Not who I would have picked. Like I, I, I actually I will give like some credit to the Seattle Kraken here. Like there was almost no indication anywhere on any social media by anyone that Dave Haxtell was going to be the guy. So kudos for them for keeping it under wraps. Yeah. I mean, why? It makes no sense to me. I think that it's very, very, like very little NCAA coaches have been able to transition from the NCA to the NHL successfully. I think Dave Quinn is a perfect example of this and just not working out. I actually thought Jim Montgomery was a pretty good coach coming from the NCAA. Absolutely. But obviously I think he's he's one of the like rarer cases because I mean I think Hackstall had a good team when he when he started out in 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 Philly. Yeah. And he did well and it just I he had some very decent seasons, just could never cut it in the playoffs. And it did not end well. Yeah. I also like just in general, I find it really interesting. Like with an expansion franchise, when you choose to bring in your coach, like to me, it seems pretty close to the expansion draft to bring in a coach. Like I would have thought you'd bring in one a little bit early because they've already put so much time and effort into their preparation for the expansion draft. Right. And I'm sure Ron Francis had tons of conversations with a lot of teams. Right. And so you get kind of an indication of what players are going to be available, what players you're going to want. You would think you would want a coach to be in on that process. Right. Because you want to build the best team that your coach can coach. So if he's going to coach a team that plays really structured, really rigid, go out and find yourself like 23 Leo Komarov's. Right. <laughs> so it's interesting that it seemed a little late to me to, to bring in a coach. Yeah. And expansion franchise, uh, you know, you look at it, you can't help but compare with Gerard Gallant, um, who, who came into Vegas and really just kind of crushed it. Yeah. And, these are these are guys that had ten plus years of NHL yeah. experience. Haxall does not have that. Yeah, he's experienced with two franchises, and one as an assistant, and I'd argue with tremendous amounts of disappointment, especially in the playoffs. And then the other one, he inherited a Stanley Cup final team. Yeah. That's that's literally what it was. Yeah. To me it's also like it it's interesting. Like the other the other big name that was like thrown in the conversation was Rick Tockett. Which I also because well because Rick Tockett and Ron Francis played together in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I know they're like he didn't have a great track record of success in Arizona, but he had some success when he was an assistant in Pittsburgh. 
And I know a lot of people speak very highly of him. You have experience though. He has, yeah, he's got experience. Like he's been in the he's been coaching in the NHL on and off since 2002. Yeah. Now, do you think though Seattle going with Hackstall, who's an NCAA coach in the past, do you think that indicates that they might be going for like younger players with their expansion team? You know, think he's he's good at communicating with that age group. That kind of that that's a good question because it, it's a confusing one because you would think that seeing how successful Vegas was able to be right out of the gate, that they wouldn't take that approach. And, you know, I, I truly think the Vegas is going to be a successful franchise for years and years to come. Like they're built, they're built fantastic. You heavy contracts, but some really nice contracts too. Yeah, like some might be contracts, but none of them are like egregious overpays. At least so, in the moment when they players start getting older, then you're you got some inter- issues. I th- I think it's an inter- it would be an interesting technique to kind of go for younger guys. That being said, I don't think they should. Just because you've seen how successful expansion fri- franchises can be right out of the gate. Yeah, the thing and is, it's not though, only is Vegas. That- you, you look at the Panthers. Yeah, for sure, mad success. But <clears throat> I think for me, though, it's like, yeah, Vegas, like they did great. But do you think some teams were very, very dumb last round of expansion? That's true. You would have to think that they, some of them, hopefully Florida, are a little bit smarter this time around, right? And it but, might make it harder for Seattle to compete right away. And keeping in mind that right away, it didn't look like Vegas was going to have a very good team. I mean, they had Derek Anglin. Like, come on, how good could they be? But Right, like, and they don't have it's, a lot of those guys left over on their roster right now. Yeah, I mean, goaltending is going to be a huge factor for them, depending on who they get in the expansion draft or who they sign as a free agent. I think they're getting someone good. That's uh, you look at Vegas; they have two really good goalies. Look at Columbus. Look at Columbus. Look at Arizona. I mean, look at the UFA market. There are some big names out there. They I mean, will- I'm Carolina might ha- has a couple names too, like. There's a lot of options. Yeah. Montreal. Montreal had Price, who's obviously going to get protected. But Jake Allen had a fantastic season. You're backing up for him. Yeah. Like, I have no doubt that they'll find a good goalie for sure. So, And I think that's – you can really create a strong foundation there. And then it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And we're going to – like, we'll do our whole, like, expansion draft stuff at some mm-hmm. point on the, on the podcast. Um. But yeah, to me, I, I don't know about the Haxtell hiring. And it's interesting too, because so far in the entire process, like I think Seattle's gotten like quite a bit of praise from a lot of a lot of people for the stuff that they've done from their, you know, social uh their social media's been good. You know, they have an environmentally friendly arena that they build. Like they have a extensive analytics staff in their the front office i mean and they're the the diversity of their staff is something to applaud like yeah like they've gotten impressive praise for pretty much everything they've done to this point rightfully so they've done a fantastic job and then they hired dave haxall to be their head coach and everyone's like what like he must have really he must have really impressed in the interviews that's all i can think yeah he must have, right? And like, I was curious though because I I thought Seattle would hire someone closer to the end of the regular season, right? 
And the longer, but the longer they waited it out, I thought, okay, maybe they're looking at an assistant coach on a team that's still in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Well, Toronto's been out for like a month, right? Uh, honestly, I I think they screwed up. I think they they should have hired Gerard Gallant like way earlier. That's that would have been hands down my pick, and I think the Rangers are going to benefit tremendously from having. Yeah, him. the Rangers to me have been like they like I saw I see a lot of potential with that team. They just didn't live up to it. And I think Gerard Gallant is a perfect coach. Yeah, it's come a, in. Yeah, like I'm not mad that they didn't get Gerard Gallant, like. Because like I think like obviously he would have been he's a great coach right yeah but like my th- I was thinking they might have gone for like Lane Lambert right that's what I, the longer it went out I was thinking okay maybe they're waiting for the Islanders to be out so they can go get Lane Lambert coaching under Barry Trotz right for the last little bit like that's that's an intriguing name everyone knows how great of a coach Barry Trotz is well if if you're if you're an expansion franchise. Are you comfortable hiring someone that has never been a head coach in the NHL? Yes. Well, here's the thing. If it's, let's, let's, just, let's just go. Opinion. Now, I, I think Lane Lambert is very qualified. He's been a head coach in the AHL before. He's just kind of been grinding his way in the NHL as an assistant and has been on some very, very successful teams. I think he won the cup with Washington. Probably. Um, I, to me, the whole, the N, I think the NHL head coaching experience is important. But here's the thing for me. So do you take a guy who's not been an NHL head coach, but he's been a head coach other places and he's had a ton of success coaching under one of the best coaches in the game, or do you take the guy who yes, has been an NHL coach, but with not much success. Absolutely. And I probably go with the assistant. I, I think I, I, the, like, the point is the answer a good to point. any question. The answer to any question is not Dave Hackstall. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I, I, I get you might want an experienced coach, but just because someone has experience, like if I worked somewhere that was like high, looked highly impressed on my resume, but I did a garbage job there, that's not exactly a great indicator of how good I am at my job. That's true, right? So. To me, like, there were, and there were a lot of candidates out there. That's the one they went with. Uh, there were some other ones I, I thought might have been good fits, but I guess not. We'll see. I mean, like, I mean, not, we'll see. And, like, it's I, not like I'm rooting against, like, Seattle. Like, I think they're a great franchise. Like, I'd love for Dave Axel to have great success there. I just don't know if that's how it's going to go. It's right now, I'd say no, but. I'd, I'd love to be surprised. Yeah, so, yeah, I think like I'd, I'd, I'd very much. I would love in a year from now to be on this podcast saying we were wrong. Dave Haxtell's a great coach. I would, I, that would be fantastic. I just don't know if it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. I have much after what Vegas did. I don't have like a tremendous amount of optimism for how Seattle's season is gonna go. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. We will find out. We will find out. I think they're going to be playing in a relatively weak division, which There's, is going to help. Yeah. Big time. Like, do I think that they could realistically put together a roster that is better than the Ducks, Sharks, and Kings? Probably, yeah. I mean, Canucks are going to be in that division too, right? 
Yeah, but the Canucks, I'd like Canucks. You know, they have issues, but like you're like, right. Pedder, you're like, right. Pe- but Pedersen was hurt last year, and you know they had the whole COVID thing. I think Vancouver in a normal year, and if they make some smart moves, which you never know, uh, I think that's a fine team. Calgary's an interesting one to me. Um, Edmonton, they're top heavy. Yeah. But they have, but they have, they have cap space this summer, so that'll be like. They might butcher it though, so who knows, right? I, I think nonetheless, it's going to be really interesting to see what what happens with with Seattle. Um, I'm expecting a playoff, con- like, like a team to be competitive enough to be on the brink of making the playoffs. I'm not expecting much more beyond that. I'll, I have to. I think I have to wait until I, see uh, I think. Team. I think we have to do. We have to do our uh, expansion draft episode before we make any decisions. Yeah, which this. I think for for our listeners, I think we're gonna split that into three episodes. That we'll do over like a week and a half. Maybe we'll get started this Wednesday. Right after or, the final. Yeah, we'll do. We'll start right after the final. We'll bang yeah. in three episodes. Um, but good segue. Let's talk about the final. Montreal, another upset. They're in the final. Versus Tampa Bay, looking for a three-peat for Panthers fans. Who to cheer for? It's an easy one. It's Montreal. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, Tampa's clearly an underdog here. Like, they're right up, you know, it's it's tough being that much over the cap. It just can't be easy for your place. So, yeah, I mean, I – I want to see Montreal win so bad, but you look at Tampa, it's hard to imagine a scenario in which they lose. Yeah, but I also thought it was hard to imagine a situation where Vegas loses to Montreal. So the thing about Vegas is I feel like their stars just didn't produce. And at the rate that guys like Braden Point are producing for the Lightning, it's scary. Yeah, like it, it, it's tricky for me because it's like on paper and like obviously like Tampa Bay's the favorite. They should win this. They'll go back to back. But it's getting hard. It's it's hard to bet against Montreal after what they've done, right? Yeah, and it, we'll see. Game one is tomorrow night. Um, I I really don't know what to expect because. I think officiating is going to be a huge factor in this series. And, like, it's going to be brutal. We already know it. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be a horrible. It's going to be a Ryan show. McDonough is going to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. And get away with it. You bet. Absolutely. You know what my favorite part about the officiating, too, is? is like, not especially officiating, but it's when, like, in the intermission, and we're in Canada, so sports net, right? And they'll show, like, a highlight pack of a player. And they'll be like, look at Ben Sherratt. Look at how effective he is at shutting down the top guys, right? And then they'll show like a highlight pack of him from like the first period. And it's just him like cross-checking, like <laughs> holding guys. And I'm like, your entire compilation of this player and how great he's been defensively is about eight penalties that could have been called. <laughs> it's like if every- you ever see a clip on Joel Edmondson, he doesn't do anything legal. I know it's it's unreal. I know it's my, that's like one of my favorite things in the playoffs. They just show a highlight pack and it's like, or be like, oh, look at the way like this player like shuts down McDavid and it's like, that guy is draped on the back of McDavid right now. 
Which, which is why I think that Montreal might have a shot because if they can play as dirty as Tampa's been playing, then maybe we have something. Like, I think Montreal's defense are probably up to the task, but I don't know what the forwards, like, I have not seen, like, Cole Caulfield, like, cross-check anyone in the head these playoffs. No, it's it's. I don't, well, I don't think he can reach, but, uh, he, like, he's been great, though. He's been great. He legitimately cannot reach. Yeah. Victor Hedman, I would love to see it side by side side by side of him and Hedman. Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, it's it'll be fun series. Like I'm I'm over in Montreal, but it's it I might be a close one. What's it, your pre- it's, it's tough. It's tough to root against Tampa. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Tampa in six. Give Montreal a couple games. Um but at the end of the day Tampa's got a hundred and I Tampa's got a hundred million dollar team. Exactly. And I think it would be amazing to see if Montreal win, given the fact that Tampa is like so far down that loophole. Um yeah, and I'm like there's a lot but of people just, cheering for Montreal on this one. Exactly. And they're gonna need it. And Kucherov seems fine. He, he was literally asked about whether, like, playing game seven, he's like, oh, what injury? I mean, to be fair, he played, like, one shift, like, before. Like, it, he was probably – he's definitely hurt. Did he only play a shift in game seven? No, no, like, uh, like before, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Because he got injured in game six on a very clean cross-check by Scott Mayfield, I think. Everyone, yeah, everyone's favorite player, Scotty Mayfield. Very clean, very clean. Yeah. I, he, he had a pretty good game six. He managed to injure Kucherov and score the game tying goal. Yeah, which is just a Scotty Mayfield classic right there. Uh, he should be in the Con Smythe discussion at this point. For so what I was actually, done. I was gonna. So my my pick for the series, by the way, and as our listeners will know, I like to do very long, elaborate predictions, and just in the off chance that it ends up being right, I'm gonna say Tampa Bay wins Game One in overtime. And then Tampa Bay ends up going up 3-1 in the series. Montreal wins game five and six, pushes it to seven. Game seven, Tampa Bay wins 4-3. The final goal, it's David Savard. Now, I know you're thinking, no. Justin, Justin, isn't that almost exactly what happened in the 2006 Stanley Cup final between the Carolina Hurricanes and the Edmonton Oilers? Yes, except for Carey Price getting hurt. Um, Ooh. Knock on wood for Carey, but... Yeah, and kind of going into that question about the the con Smythe. Well, that was my question. Who's your con Smythe pick? There's very there's very clearly two front runners, one from each team. I that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's gonna be a goalie and it's gonna be from the winning team. It's either a goalie from the winning team or it's Brayden Point. Or if he balls well, out Boothrob has had a legitimate, like insane playoffs too. He just doesn't look like a guy who is like coming he off the injury. He, re- he, he really does. does. He doesn't look like Brian Boucher is absolutely amazed by this. He mentions it every single broadcast. Yeah, I cannot believe that this guy hurt all season long, gets healthy at the perfect time, and is absolutely unbelievable. I've never seen a player recover from an injury like that and be so dominant immediately after overcoming the injury. You know, some some guys are just athletes. So, yeah, exactly. Some guys are just built different. Like they say, Russian machine never breaks. That is Nikita Kucherov. 
for you. Um, but yeah, I think for me, Kucherov probably up there, but for the fact that he didn't play all like regular season, like doesn't even count. No. Yeah. So, and Braden Point has been phenomenal too. So and he's a, and he's a two way center. And I saw like, a, I saw a tweet about Braden Point the other day and we're like, I hate him because he plays for Tampa. Right. And would love him much more if he was somewhere else. But it was like, no matter how good you think Braden Point is, he's actually better. And I think that's a hundred percent true. He's so good. <laughs> he, he really seems like a lock for 2022 Olympic team, right? Yeah. No, I was actually, I was talking with Jacob Barker, friend of the show yesterday about the Olympic roster and, and the different line combinations and stuff. And Braden Point has to be there. Uh, he's been phenomenal in the playoffs. If it doesn't go to a goalie, it's either going to him or if someone on Montreal absolutely pops off in these finals, my money would be on Cole Caulfield with four rips in the last series. Or, I don't know, Corey Perry. <laughs> Most stitches per nose per 60. That was crazy that he cut his nose without getting high stitch like that. It was crazy. Not I know, stitch. I know. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, just another piece of perfect officiating from the National Hockey League. Just phenomenal. Um. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a good series. It'll be be nice, you know, in Montreal that you know, they had the fans in there now, which is nice. Yeah, be really cool if they could get somehow get full capacity, but I don't think we're going to see that. Yeah, but you know what? Thirty five hundred is going to feel like thirty five thousand. I swear to God. You know, Bell Center's that's the thing, like. Because it's like Montreal and it's like the Habs, like it really doesn't matter how full that building is, it's gonna be loud. People are right? gonna be like you're like you are yeah. gonna feel it. It's gonna feel full for the players. Yeah, is my guess. Uh, then it's gonna be a ton of fun. So we'll we'll see how that goes. We'll probably talk about the series on the next episode of the podcast, uh, which will be on Thursday. I always forget what day we release these, yeah. but that'll be on Thursday. Uh, but I think that does it for this episode, the podcast. So thank you to everyone tuning into this week's episode. We'll be back on Thursday with another one. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your week. and We will see you then. Just do that, Alexander Barkov. The pain.